The Lean Braves reporting for duty. Fasten your seatbelts and hold on to your carrots. You're about to enter the Lean Braves throwdown zone, the hard rock of fitness and food. We are Avengers of Health. Hide the donuts. You're listening to Lean Braves radio show at theleanbraves.com. Welcome, Brace. I'm Ron Jones with a good old friend from back in the day in cycling, Chet the Jet Blanton. And we are the Lean Brace, and we're going to talk about uh, ultra triathlon, but in a way that hopefully will inspire people just to get out and do something. Maybe walk around the block, take the dog for a walk, or uh, anything but sit on the couch or play more video games. So welcome to the Lean Brace, Chet. Aloha. Nice to be here. It's been a long time, Ron. Yeah, and Chet and I go way back. So, you know, our shows typically aren't geared towards the hardcore athletic crowd, um, but Chet is one of the top ultra-distance triathletes in the world, and we go way back as good friends. So we're going to tell a few personal stories there today that are just kind of funny, and, and I think one of the things about being in the scene is you, you meet a lot of nice friends along the way, and you have some good times, and you can tell a few good stories when you get a little bit older like Chet and I. So, But Chet is not uh, ready to go age in the rocking chair because you're getting ready to do some monumental uh, ultra-distance triathlon. So uh, a little background about Chet. We first met back in 1994. We both lived in Bakersfield, California, and we met through a mutual friend named Norm Hoffman. And Norm Hoffman was uh, my best friend, my cycling mentor, my health mentor. So if you like the Lean Braves and what we do... If it wasn't for Norm Hoffman, there'd be no Lean Brays. And uh, Norm was doing some coaching with Chet, and he was having a hard time getting Chet to eat fruits and vegetables. So being a good mentor, you always try to feed some real work to the people mentoring underneath of you. So Norm said, hey, I've got a project for you. you you're wanting to learn how to coach health and fitness and, and teach people how to eat better. I'm going to let you work with Chet Blanton because he, he eats no fruits and vegetables. <laughs> So that began my journey uh, with Chet, and, and we've been really good friends ever since. And he went on and, and moved off to Hawaii, and I'm down here in Southern California now. But we've always maintained close contact and done a couple of events together. And so are you eating fruits and vegetables now? No. <laughs> I try, but we'll, we'll work really. on that. Yeah, we'll work on that. So, you know, there, a regular Ironman triathlon is a 2.4-mile swim. A 112-mile bike, and a 26.2-mile run. Now, what Chet does is he does ultra-long-distance um, triathlons. So that he won't just do one. He'll do many. So the first time we worked together, if you remember, Chet, it was in Huntsville, Alabama. That was our first you know, actual event. I think that was right after I did the Race Across America in 95, and we went there in September, and you did a double um, yeah, a double Ironman. Double, double Ironman. Yeah. I had no idea even what that was. Uh, basically, they said double everything. So a 4.8-mile swim, 224-mile mm-hmm. bike, and a 52.4-mile run. So And you completed it. Yes, somehow. <laughs> so h- how I got in the loop with Chet, as I mentioned, you know, was, is based on nutrition. And we did some cycling coaching, too, because I have that background. But Chet was getting to the point where he was doing stuff so long that he really had to eat better or he was going to die. <laughs> Or, or definitely not perform as well. So um, that was mainly my gig with him has been sports nutrition, but also a little sports psychology because anything, anytime you go to that distance, there's a lot of mental stuff going on too. 
Yeah, which uh, I didn't really realize. I just did it on pure natural ability, I thought, yeah. and didn't know the mental game. And then, yeah, so it helps a lot getting some mental adjustments. Sure. And one thing that um, Norm and I used to comment a lot about you is that uh, a couple different things. One is that you're, you're always so happy when you do this stuff. You're in a good mood. And, and that's one of the big reasons why I went on the show today, because I think we can learn a lot from people like you that just have fun with yeah, you're racing, and obviously it's hard, but you're having a good time, and you're trying to get people pumped up. And the other thing is you don't get very sore. Now, I know you're a little sore now because you just got back from a big uh, the uh, Vine Man triathlon over in Santa Rosa, California. But typically, if you, if you look at the distances you do, you don't get as sore and have as many issues as most people. And I, I swear to God, I think it's just because you're having a better time than most people. You're not as tight and, and mentally, you know. Yeah, I try. And um, that's what, like, Norm used to tell me, too. He goes, your best sex or your best quality about you is you seem to recover quick. Mm-hmm. Like, I can do a 100-mile run, and I'm sore for a few days. But a week later, if you tell, hey, there's a 50-mile run, okay, let's go do it. Right, right. And I and I went into him not really trying to win ever. I just wanted to go do them for health wise. And yeah. And to me, if you just go into them with that attitude, you know, you're not killing yourself to do them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I seem to recover fast. So that's been my MO in the past. So you, you didn't start with um, triathlon. You actually started doing um, like endurance tennis stuff to raise money for charities. Can you mention a couple of things you did before we met and you got yeah. into cycling? Um, well, back when I was like 18, 19, I was always like the fifth fastest kid on my high school team and i thought oh my god there's so many high schools in the world i right. suck because <laughs> i'm only fifth best <laughs> only one guy on the team had ever done a marathon so i really got into running that mm. was my passion for many years so i did 26 milers 50 milers 100 milers 200 milers and how i got into that was i would bet people i could run from here to there mm-hmm. and i'll bet you 100 dollars. like now i wouldn't do it it's not, it's not worth it but yeah. um but back in the day that's how i started and then I heard about a charity in Bakersfield. This guy got hit by a car, and they were trying to raise money for him, so they were going to play tennis for 24 hours. And I thought, oh, I wonder if I could play tennis for 24 hours, and I'll just take on 24 different people. Mm-hmm. I did it. It was the easiest thing I ever did. I said, it's 10 times easier than a 100-mile run. So I opened my mouth and said, hey, next year I'll do 48. Okay. The, the third year I did 48. The fourth year I did 72. And then I was pretty well done after that. But then the, the TV cameras came out, and they said, hey, what's next? I go, 96. I go, oh, heck, ran it off to 100. So I played for 100 hours straight Oh wow! with a 10-minute break every hour. So anything that had to do with endurance, yeah. even though I wasn't the best tennis player in the world, right. I just wanted to show people an average guy can do anything he puts his mind to. Yeah, and that's and really, I mean, Chet's always joked about um, not being fast, which is why he, he calls himself the Jet, because he's, he's not a real speedster, but he keeps going for a long distance. So he had a kind of a humble beginning, but now, you know, you moved to Hawaii, fast forward a few years, you've got a whole... Uh, website and training group over there what 150 plus people that yeah anywhere from 150 to 200 people and it's great it's and that and that's team jet hawaii the the website's teamjethawaii.com yes right and so you have coaches that work with you and and triathletes and you do um charity fundraisers and you're active in bicycle safety over there too yeah my, my real job is i teach kids in the fourth grade how to ride bikes safely in the neighborhoods and it's actually a job it's great I yeah mean, so right up my alley uh-huh. and then i'm the uh head coach for the girls cross-country team of a private uh high school and then team jet hawaii is my my real business um, okay yeah and like i said 150 200 people we train for maybe 10 different events per year Okay, and you guys have a lot of fun because I uh, after Huntsville the next year I went over to Hawaii when you did your first triple, and that was great because you finished into uh, 
was it Oahu Stadium or what's what's yeah the Great Aloha Rent it ends in um, like a Aloha Stadium it yeah awesome and and you were live on ESPN and I'm sitting back in the stands watching you live on ESPN globally and it was like that's really cool because I I got to see a finish and it all came together and then that was just the beginning and then from there you went to Mexico and you did the Deca which is ten Ironmans in a row and that's an interesting format because you did all the uh, you did all the runs in a row and all the swims in a row and all the bikes yeah. in a row, right? So it was like a 24-mile swim. Uh-huh. And I said, so how do we do this? And they go, you'll swim till you're done. I said, oh, my God. It was at a 25-meter pool. That's a lot of laps, So dude. imagine going up and back, I don't know how many times, like 780 times. <laughs> and I'm not a swimmer. I hate swimming, but I have to do it to get to the next step. Right. So then I thought, okay, I'm on the bike. I'm all right, biker. Mm-hmm. Well, after four or five days on the bike, mm-hmm. I want to get off that seat. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I'm a runner. Mm-hmm. You get so many blisters. And so when I finished that thing, they give you 14 days to do it in. So I averaged 160 miles a day on the bike mm-hmm. for, I think, seven days and 40 miles a day on the run for like six or seven days. And I finished 13 days, 18 hours. I was the last one to finish. Wow. But I didn't care. I did it. You did it, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I was so happy. And I left. I said, but I'll never do something stupid like that again. Four months later, I got the call from hell, I call it. Mm-hmm. The Jorge, uh, the race director from Mexico, called me and said, we're having a 20-time Ironman. I go, what's that? <laughs> Same course. Oh, wow. I up a 50-meter pool. I said, oh, boy. Anyway, so that was a 48-mile swim, 2,240-mile bike, and a 524-mile run. And only four people in the world made it. I was the last one again to make it. Really? But I didn't yeah. care. I'm one of the four. And still today, the only American to ever make the 20-time Ironman. Now, you held the world record for a while because you were the first person ever to do how many? 27 in one 27. Year? I did a 20, a triple, a double, and two singles. Yeah. And the other guy got to 26. So All for, in one year. But, yeah. But at one point, you, no one had ever done that in the world. Yeah. It was before the 10-time Ironman plus a couple triples, doubles. I think it was like 19. Yeah. So we'll get back to the Lean Bray's thing, which is, you know, we like to use a quote by Jack Lane, first inspire and then perspire. So... For those of you out there, you know, wondering what you can do, I mean, here's a guy, Chet's 55 now. Um, he's not the fastest guy on the planet, but he gets out there and has a good time and keeps going, and he inspires people along the way. And then, and that's really why we wanted you on the show, to just kind of expose that and, and talk up being physically fit. You know? Yeah. Um, We're going to work on the vegetables, though. Okay. Um, <laughs> even, like, on my cross-country team, I can't run with the fastest girls anymore. Sure. So I hire fast coaches to run with them. And I actually take the slowest group mm-hmm. and I have more fun doing that now Yeah, because they really can't do a whole lot. Right. They right. can't even run three miles without stopping some of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I make it so fun for them yeah. that they don't even know what they're doing. And the time they get back, they've done four or five miles sometimes. They go, oh, coach, Chet, you're so nice. That was so fun. We stopped by yogurt land on the way, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. And I just break it up. Mm-hmm. And if you break things up, it's not too bad. So don't ever say you can't do something because your mind can do anything. You put your mind to it. Yeah. It's just that sometimes you think, oh, it's going to be so hard. But if you break it up and slow down and just have fun with it, yeah, then everybody can do anything they put their mind to. You know, this is really important content because we're talking about the psychology of exercise. Right. So I'll tell you a little cross country story because I used to coach high school cross country and I coached the top um freshman runner in the state of California in cross country. And before the state meet, um, when everyone else was gone, because no one else had qualified to go that far, we went for a run on the bike path. And at the end of the year, when she was a top freshman in the in the state, which, by the way, if you're, if you're top in California, you're one of the best in the country, right? Right. And I said, what was your favorite workout of the year? And she goes, you know that time we ran on the bike path and we just talked? Wow. No, yeah. it is. So her favorite point of the year was that time we just, and we were running slow and just 
just talking about whatever she felt like talking about. Just I don't I don't remember. It just we were just having fun, and so I think that's important to note. And as I've gotten older, um, I've gotten away. I can still throw the killer switch on, and and get high intensity. But I, I think I've gotten a lot better at you know just having fun and 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 trying to reach out to people other people to teach them how to fun with exercise and not just, it's not all about killing yourself and you know, crushing it. You know, I, at some level in competition, there's that part of it, but you know, most people aren't into that. So. Right. I mean, there's only maybe 10% that are you know really in the racing yeah. part of it. And the rest of us are out there to have fun and finish and just enjoy it, you know? So, so this would be a good time to tell a little, a little funny story about Norm Hoffman. So Norm, Norm Hoffman, uh, you know, this is who Chet and I met each other through. Uh, was a multinational champion cyclist in, in Bakersfield. And he was really like a Jack Lang guy. He's a phenomenal athlete, came from Oregon, uh, was on a wor- world record team there in track, uh, just an amazing guy. Anyway, um, he, he was coaching Chet with I, me, and we were on a bike ride, and, and Chet had this fear of, of anything downhill. He could go out of the driveway and be terrified when he first started cycling. It was pretty funny. And so Chet and I and Norm did this ride one time, and and uh, Chet was telling me a story before the show how Norm like literally stretched his neck out and got right in front of him on the bike ride, was screaming and yelling at him, telling him not to hit his brakes and go faster. Yeah, there was like a little dip in the road. Yeah. And to you guys, it wasn't even a hill. It was like a little dip. Yeah. And I go, oh, crap. And I started hitting my brakes. And all of a sudden, I seen this neck stretch all the way over and looked <laughs> me right in the face. and goes, get that damn hands off those brakes. Just go. Come on. That's not a hill. And so, you know, so yeah, it was good. I mean, yeah, I kind of learned the hard way, but it was fun. And. And I understood that, you know, I'd watch you guys do it. I say, if they can do it, why can I do it? Mm-hmm. I might not be as fast or good as them, but mm-hmm. I shouldn't be so fearful. Yeah. And so that helped a lot. But you've come a long ways because you were really con- completely terrified of cycling oh, yeah. when you first started. Yeah. For those of you from Bakersfield, California, you'll you'll appreciate that if you if you knew Norm Hoffman. He was he was a great guy. He'd help anybody, but he he definitely had an intensity switch on him. <laughs> so you're getting ready to go to uh, uh, pretty impressive event over in Italy in uh what month is that this year uh September so I only got about yeah you're almost there right yeah, about five more weeks and what's the name of the event um it's called the Tripa triple deca mm-hmm. and deca meaning 10 so okay 30 so 30 Ironmans but a different format this year mm-hmm. um the ones I've done before you do all the swim mm-hmm. all the bike all the run just like a normal triathlon mm-hmm. this one you're going to do one Ironman per day mm-hmm. and you can sleep Next day, Iron Man, sleep. Mm-hmm. And at some point, let's just say you couldn't continue for some reason. Right. You can skip a day, but then you're only eligible for 29 out of 30 days. Oh, so, okay. so the most you can get is 30 because you're only allowed to do one per day. Okay. But you have 24 hours to do it in, and at 7.30 the next morning, you've got to be ready to start the next one. Wow. So it's going to be interesting. Ha- yeah. Have they done this event before? No. It's the first time oh, ever. Oh, how exciting. Okay. Yeah. So the, the 10 and 20, they've had in Mexico many, many years. Right. And that's been kind of the format. And then they start doing this one times 10, one times 20. Yeah, yeah. That's the most they've done. And they finally decide they want to have the world's longest one, go for a world's record and everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be the one times 30 uh, over in um, Lake Garda, Italy. How many people are entered? 29 were, but already seven have dropped out. So we're down to 22. Oh, wow. Pretty, so, pretty, uh, pretty elite field. Yeah, it was invite only. And I, I think the only reason I got invited was... Um, I'm still the only American to ever complete a 20-time Ironman. doesn't mean I'm fast. It just means I was the only stupid one to do it and finish <laughs> it. But, um, yeah, so, and I found out the age range is going to be from 28 to 48. And when I heard that, I said, oh, wow, I'm 55. I'll be, like, the oldest guy. Cool. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. That means I'm old. Anyway, so. 
We'll see how it goes. Well, in ultra endurance, sometimes age um, actually works to your advantage because yeah. you're 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 smart enough and seasoned enough to slow down and pace yourself a little bit. Because uh, you know, if you're doing an Ironman a day for thirty days, you could really burn yourself out in a hurry. You know. Well, I'm sure the top guys. That's what's gonna. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're gonna be battling each other. And right. Instead of just thinking, I gotta you know worry about myself every day for thirty days. Yeah. So they're gonna say, oh, that guy's ahead. I gotta go faster. I gotta, and so, you, like, you never know. Sometimes, you know, like the, the hare and the turtle. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm just gonna do what I can do. And in the ultra world, you don't really think about too much about the other guys, unless you're like one of the top two guys trying for the win. Yeah. The rest of us are just trying to finish. Right. If I finish this, like nobody can say, "Oh, you're last place." I say, "Thank you very much. I'm very proud of that." <laughs> no, it, it's, it's either you finish or you don't, or you, or if I end up with 25 out of 30, example. Yeah. I'd be happy with that. I mean, that's yeah. the best I could do. You know, okay. so. So I'm attempting for 30, but you know, like whatever I end up with is, you know, that's what I end up with. Cool. And you are, you're going for 30. Yeah, of course. Try. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I got to have that mindset. You know, you go into it thinking yeah. 30. Okay. And then if something goes wrong, then I readjust and then I just play it by ear by, after that. But you know, in some senses, I've done 73 Ironmans after this weekend. Wow. So in, in my head, if I got 27, that that would kind of be my hundredth Ironman, mm-hmm. I could say. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I get 25, then you know, my next double Ironman would be my hundredth. So okay, but that's kind of uh, an inside goal. I want to get to 100 at least before I retire. Yeah, yeah. But then I know I won't retire. But I'll keep going. You got to keep going. Yeah, yeah. So um, it brings us to a point on on the nutritional side. So usually with the Lean Braves, we kind of stick to ba- basic general nutrition, and we get into organics and things like that. But I want to. I want to dig into my past a little bit. We're going to talk about sports nutrition just a little bit. So one of the things that I was able to help Chet on was uh, getting into liquid nutrition because there's a there's an issue with calorie balance when you're doing ultra-endurance events. I can tell you doing the race across America, my caloric intake was about 15,000 calories a day, and I didn't lose any weight, which means I was burning all that, right? And so... Um, there's no way you can eat that much solid food. So at Chet's level, or people like him, you have to get into liquid nutrition. And we started using a product called Spiz. And I remember the, the first time I, I showed up with that stuff. It's just like this kind of looks like protein powder stuff, but it's it's basically 80, 15, 5. So it's mostly carbohydrate, which if you're racing all out, that's what you need. 15% protein and 5% fat, unless they've changed the formulation a little bit. And you basically drink all the food that you need for a week or a month or whatever. So Chet has become like the uh, number one spiz guy in the world now. <laughs> With 18 Ran- years. Yeah, Randy Ice is the another really good friend of ours through um, Endurance Cycling. He owns the company. And uh, you've been using and promoting that product for 18 years. And, and, you know, when I do ultra endurance coaching, I still bust that stuff out. And it's pretty amazing how when you do have the fitness conditioning, how long you can go when you just have the right fuel. Yeah, because when you first introduced it to me, I thought I was more of a Taco Bell, McDonald's pizza guy. Yeah. And I know that curdled you, but but you said, hey, at least do me a favor. During the race, take this stuff. I'm going to give you a bottle every two hours. Mm -hmm. If you get it down, you'll never have to eat. I looked at you and I thought, this guy's a nut. (laughs) I said, just have some donuts ready for me or something. uh, But of course, he didn't buy donuts. But anyway, um, every two hours, he'd be sticking his head out the window, handing me a bottle of this stuff. And I drank it. I said, no, it doesn't taste bad. It tastes like Ovaltine or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And about 14 hours later in the race, I'm going, I'm not even hungry. I go, this is weird. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm really alert. And it doesn't really get you jittery. It just gets you really alert, like, Right and full, and it was the weirdest thing. And after that, I was sold on it. I said, "Man, I guess he doesn't know what he's talking about." 
So 32, uh, 31 hours and 36 minutes later, I finished, and nothing but spiz and Gatorade the whole way. Yeah. And just calorie balance. It worked, know? and after that, I've I've used it for the last 18 years, and it's the only thing I ever use. And I get you know razzed all the time back home. Oh, you're gonna drink your spiz stuff and all that. And I said, that's right, buddy. And I'm the only one that's you know cheerful and happy and slapping all the volunteers five, and, <laughs> and they're all like, I'll grouchy all the time. But the stuff really does work, and so I'm sure glad you know um, that you introduced it to me and. Um, like Norm was a believer in it, yeah, and um, yeah. you know, like Randy Ice, of course, I mean, yeah. he's always helped me out, and yeah. he got it. He ships to Mexico for me. He's, he, in fact, it's on the slow boat right now. Five weeks it's going to take to get to Italy, but yeah. So how many? It comes in a uh, one gallon canister, right? Yeah, um, um, I think they're actually. It says two point nine seven uh, pounds or something, whatever it is. But anyway, it, it settles about halfway. So what Randy does for me is he actually he settles it. And he pours another one in there, so he can get two into one can. Right. He reseals it, mm-hmm. so I've got sixteen doubles going over to Italy. So that's like thirty-two cans of spiz. Wow. Basically one a day. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and um, I'm just so used to it. I mean, I, I take it all the time. If I'm just tired sometimes and I have to go to work, I'll just you know I'll make a bottle even. Right. So the right. stuff really, you know, like it, it doesn't make you ampy. Like I said, it just makes you really alert mm-hmm. and. It seems to do its job. Just, I've been, like I said, 18 years on something that I thought I would never do. And, nah. and all my racist people go, you got to eat something. you got to eat something. I go, no, you don't. Yeah, go, you need calories. Yeah. It was really funny because literally when I met Chuck, he only went to Taco Bell and he went three times a day. Yeah. I mean, that, that was his diet, period. Yeah, you once know? while, Wendy's, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he never ate anything with color. It was always like brown, right? So no fruits or vegetables. We'll work on the vegetable part. we got to at least get you <laughs> eating an organic carrot once in a while. Yeah. But that's a, that's it's fun to kind of get into that because we normally don't do real sports specific things in lean braze, but it's kind of fun to talk about what uh, people do outside of the general population once in a while. Yeah. So um, again, your website's uh, teamjethawaii.com, and you were telling me uh, your web person over there is going to have some special updates. It's got a, a triple deca section on your homepage, and they're going to put daily updates during your event this september right yeah so if you go to the the website and you click on the triple deca page mm-hmm. they'll tell you all about the race and everything and then also she's going to be doing uh daily updates so i'm going with a guy named ed bulgarin mm-hmm. and he's my uh helper this time for italy and he's going to be taking a, a picture of the swim bike and run every day at least and then and, and then doing like a little article each day. And so it'll be on my website every single day, like day one, day two, day three. So if a person wants to follow and see how I'm doing, they can compare the times and see if I'm slowing down or what, or, you know, okay. get an idea. So, yeah. Now you have one crew member that's going with you? Yeah. I mean, ideally you want four. Like yeah. In Huntsville, I had four. That was the best ever because, you know, people could rotate. They sure. could shift. And, um, so to have one person, you got to really find someone that can handle something like this. And, uh, Ed's a ex special force guy. Oh wow! In, in the military, and he's just like military guy, and he's he, just very efficient, yeah. very disciplined, efficient, perfect. Yeah. I mean, he'll have everything done perfect, uh-huh. and he won't care about himself until after I'm done yeah. with my stuff. So it's hard to find someone that's retired that can take yeah. off for 35 days and go like that. Yeah, it's know. a big trip. Yeah, exactly. So and so, just to remind people, that's uh, that's 30 Ironmans, and that's a total of 72 miles of swimming. 3,360 miles of biking and 782 miles of running. Oh, <laughs> yeah. When you say it like that, it sounds a little bit worse. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just like imagine that. And and I was kind of proud of myself on just being an average athlete. You know, mm-hmm. Some people think I'm this great endurance athlete, but I really consider myself just the average guy because when I get to the endurance races, 
I'm not one of the top guys even, you know, right. I'm just a guy that does it. Mm-hmm. But I think I've always just tried to show people that you don't have to be the fastest. You don't have to be the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy what you do. There's times yeah. I don't enjoy what I'm doing if I'm out there for, you know, blisters all over my feet. But mm-hmm. it's just to show people that you just exercise is great and you can do whatever you want if you put your mind to it and don't worry about who's ahead, who's behind. Like when I go to those races, I'm worried about myself mm-hmm. and, and how I can do. And I worry about the other guys too. If I see somebody hurt, you know, I'll yeah, help yeah. them. Sure. But it's just all about, you know, about having fun with it and just going out and doing something you enjoy. I mean, it could be worse. You know, you could be doing something else that you hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And having been over to Hawaii and met some of your people over there, that that's kind of the attitude in your group too. People, yeah. have, people have a lot of fun over there. And we say swim, uh, bike, run, triathlon, and fun. Yeah. So I always add the word fun on there because we might work you out hard for the night, but then you know we might all go out and eat afterwards or something. You know, it's just fun. Yeah, yeah. And we cheer everybody on. The slowest people, when they come in, right. they've got maybe 80, 90 people clapping in. Yeah. They're coming down the last 100 yards, and they're going, oh, my God, I've, I've never had anybody clap for me. And they're the slowest people on our team, but they get treated just the same as the fast people. In fact, the fast people have figured it out. They run an extra lap now. <laughs> so they can come in and get clapped for. But anyway, <laughs> but it's uh, a great thing. And I always have some like things like that in my group where I, I want just the average person to always feel like they're an important part of the team too. You know, it's, it's not about the fastest people. It's about the whole team as a whole. I, I think it's just fun to get out and be active and find people that, that support that. Remember a guy in Bakersfield named Eddie Lujan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But wow. So, so uh, we're going to flash back again to some Bakersfield stuff. <laughs> Um, Eddie Lujan, uh, I remember the LA Times did an article on him because he had done every single LA marathon for like 25 years or something, you know. Anyway, he was an ultra endurance runner who did the Western States 100, and he would go out for like 40 mile workouts, you know, it was crazy stuff. But I remember training with him one summer, and he was a lot like you, and he got me to slow down and relax and just said, you know, you need to enjoy your running, you know. And, and I, I was amazed. Like, my first run with him was 14 miles. Well, I was, I mean, eight miles was kind of like my cap. I'm like, oh my God, 14 miles, you know. And the, the longest run was a 20 mile, um, we went up to Rancheria Road, you know, so it was a pretty steep climb up 10 miles and 10 miles back, and actually a pretty hard run. Um, but he really taught me how to relax and enjoy what I was doing more because I was about kill, crush, you know. And, and, you know, that's okay, but sometimes I can really explode you too internally. And physically as well. So, you know, guys like Chad and Eddie or, or maybe somebody that you know in life that's maybe enjoying their activity, I think there's a lot to be learned from that. Yeah. Like I said, um, I do, like when I'm off in the summer for two months, I actually train twice a day. Mm-hmm. And I can't fathom just doing like 40 miles and acting like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I break it up into two 20-mile runs. Mm. And then it really seems easy to me. Mm-hmm. And again, I do uh, the Jeff Galloway like method of running. Yeah, I'll jog four minutes, walk one, or if I'm doing two 20 milers in a day, I'll jog three and walk two. And some people go, well, you're walking. I go, well, you're still moving on your feet. Right, right. And it takes me about four hours, but I'm off, so who cares? Yeah. And I go home, eat, sleep for maybe four or five hours, get up and do it again. Mm-hmm. People go, how can you do that? I go, because I'm not going fast. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm within myself. And I'm just, for me, um, getting older, I gain some weight. Yeah. And so it's all about, you know, like losing the weight. So I figure the slower I go and the longer I go, the more I'll burn. <laughs> so that's, that's how it's been. So I got to tell I got to tell everybody a funny story. So like a year or two ago, Chet contacts me and he's like, "Yeah, I'm getting back into. I'm going to do some racing. You know, I want to I want to give it one more big shot." I'm like, "Okay, that's cool." So he calls me once in a while for some technical advice. So he sends me this picture of him and this bike and I getting some new bars and all this stuff. And I go, "Dude, yeah, you don't need to be worrying about grams of handlebar weight. You need to be worrying about pounds of weight in your ass, man, because <laughs> you gain quite a bit of weight." <laughs> 
Yeah, because back in the old day, I was always 175 was my weight. Yeah. And then, you know, you get older, so you maybe add five or 10 pounds yeah. at the most. Yeah. But um, I got up to 220. Yeah. So and I, I saw a picture of myself, like you said, <laughs> not only my ass, but my stomach. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I put a, I put that picture on my refrigerator. <laughs> and every time I thought about getting an extra donut or yeah. extra bowl of cereal, I'd say, oh. <laughs> and I just went on a mission this last year, and I'm down to about 185 right now. So You look good. I mean, you look like you did when you were racing before. Yeah. yeah I mean, a yeah. little bit of a gut still, but I mean, but my legs still feel really strong. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, it's it's just like I said, it's mostly mental though. So well, and you know, you, you think about the sports specific here. If you're doing thirty Ironmans in a row, you don't want to be too lean. You yeah. need to have some extra fat because you're going to need that in that event. Oh, good. You okay. know, you I do, got it. So yeah, <laughs> you don't want to be going in there at eight percent body fat. Yeah, that's true. That no, could be no, that could I, be devastating. I, I, I in reality, I told myself. 185 to 190 at this point in my life, I think I'll be good because mm-hmm. I feel really strong. Mm-hmm. But just the 25 pounds I've lost or 30 pounds it is now, mm-hmm. I, I just I haven't done any speed at all. In my last four races I've done, mm-hmm. I've smashed my PR. And I mean, not overall PR, but in the last 10 years. And it's just because of the weight loss. Because I, I keep thinking, God, if I had a 25 pound weight, right. I put it in my stomach right now. I was like that like a year ago, and I said, this is amazing. Yeah. And like, you know, just, I mean, 15-minute improvement on my uh, half marathon time. My bike, I've done this bike course, this 40K bike course, five years in a row, Mm -hmm. 102 point something always. Mm -hmm. I could not break 102. Mm -hmm. This year, with no training at all, I hadn't even been on my tri bike in three months. Mm -hmm. I did a one hour and 50 seconds. Really? And it was just like like little things like that. It doesn't seem like a lot to some people, like a minute and 50 seconds, but on a bike, you know, it's hard once you get to your top level. Well, I remember bike courses I rode routinely year after yeah. year. I knew almost to the second, yeah. you know, what, what that variance was going to be. And so you get really dialed in on that. And all, all of a sudden you see a two-minute improvement, you know, it really gets your attention. So just think of all the people if they lost uh, 15 or 20 pounds, how, how could they could get out of bed easier or go oh, to work amazing. easier. I it's mean, amazing. you know, it makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally... The happiest guy in the world. And just getting compliments, too. You know, it always mm-hmm. makes you feel good just as a person. Mm-hmm. And people go, oh, my God, you look so good now. I'm going, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, to me, I still look kind of chunky a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and But they said, no, dude, I mean, before you were <laughs> bad. Yeah. And so it's, 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 it's good for, you know, a person to get compliments and stuff. And, and you know, because I've done it all my life, the, you know, the people I train. So mm-hmm. it's kind of nice when they say, man, you're looking good, coach. And I'm going, oh, you know, like all my girls always, yeah. coach, man, you're getting kind of tubby there. <laughs> and all of a sudden they go, coach, man, you're looking good now. You know, and That's it's, nice. it's always nice, yeah. We're going to have to get you over to the Badwater Ultramarathon in Death Valley. I know. Valley I almost made it there that one year, remember? I, know. I remember, I yeah. got in. I got all the way to Bakersfield, and my back went out on me. Yeah. And, yeah, that was a bad scene because I trained kind of hard for it. And, and I think, you know, now being older and more mature and, and like you said, the older you get, you kind of, you know, get smarter, I think. Yeah, and yeah. I think I could, I mean, it'd still be a heck of a challenge because I know it's, you know, a brutal race, but mm-hmm. that's one of the things on my uh, bucket list I still need to do. Well, I saw Art the Grinder Web, who set the 70-plus uh, record um, oh, I saw run it last year yeah. in, in 2012. He's an amazing guy. He retired after last year, but he did it in 33 hours, 70 years old. No, that's just incredible. I mean, And they told him his back back had gotten injured or something doctor said yeah you're probably never going to walk again or whatever he's out there running he's passing people half his age it was it was i for those of you who don't know i do the the course photography for the badwater ultra marathon and chris Cosman of adventure Corps and uh just a, an amazing event just you know from a lean bray perspective just to see people that have that kind of spiritual strength and they they inspire so many people back home they're really the people that run that type of event um it's not just about a race it's about they're doing something with that back home where they're from 
Yeah. You know, and you're doing that back in Hawaii with this, and you're mm-hmm. inspiring people beyond Hawaii. We'll, you know, we'll get this word out, and yeah. other people will hear about it around the world, you know. You should get it. Do you have an Instagram account? You know what that is? No. Instagram is a social uh, media photo share site, and you, uh-huh. you can get an account and send people uh, photos off your phone instantly. So when your guy's taking pictures of you in the race, yeah, yeah. like literally a couple seconds later, everyone around the world can see you do oh, it wow. right there. So you need to set up an Instagram account and link that on your website. It'd be really cool because then people can see real time almost. Yeah, like, yeah, right away. You can also do little mini videos under 10 seconds. Yeah. So when you come out of the water, you can say hi to everyone. And, and literally within a few seconds, we'll be able to see it over here. Oh, wow. I didn't know about that. That sounds yeah, so awesome. Yeah. Ch- check into that. It's really cool. And, mm. and it's a nice way to, especially when you're doing stuff like this and you got so many people watching you and inspired by it, you want to give them a little, a little update. That'd be really easy for people. They can get it on their phone. A really cool thing. Cool. So yeah, thanks. So you got a nice write up in the Bakersfield, Californian uh, local paper the other day. You sent me the link. I have it here in my hand. Man on a mission. A big, nice article here. Quite a few pages uh, on your uh, quest to complete that thirty Ironman triathlon. Yeah, I Italy. thought that was the sports page. Uh huh. And then someone says, "No, that's the front page of the whole newspaper." It was a big picture of myself. And I go, "Holy yeah, ma- major major <laughs> photo coverage here, and a, a really nice article." So, and you had some old people from the back in the day that remembered you getting started, gave gave you a call, and 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 so ju- you haven't even gotten to the race. You've already inspired people to get their bikes out and start getting fit again, and that's what it's all about. That's what we do at the Lean Berets, and you're yeah. doing that in your way with Team Jet too. Yeah, I was amazed. Uh, the one guy from Bakersfield, I hadn't talked to her in 20 years, probably. He called me and said, man, that great article. I don't know if you remember me, but I want to do a pledge and, yeah. and help you out. And, and I'm going, holy mackerel. I mean, yeah. this is just a cool scene, you know, that's happening. And, and then he said he wanted to get his bike out and, yeah. and get in shape and lose yeah, some weight. He said he had gained some weight. He goes, man, you inspired me to get my bike out and start, like, riding again. And Cool. And I said, and yeah, so that was kind of cool, I thought. Yeah, so anyway, that's uh, it's great. You, you've, you're doing a wonderful thing, and it, it's working for you, and, and you're helping people. You're helping kids, too. Um, I'm sure your girls are watching you. When you go over there in September, and they're going to uh, be cheering you. Well, on it's too. right in the middle of cross country season, so yeah, all the ads weren't happy with me, but um, yeah. the girls and the, all the team moms and everybody came in at the office, I guess, and told them, "Hey, we want our coach back, so yeah. don't make him take a year off. You know, five weeks we can live without him, but when he comes back, we want him back." And so I was real happy to hear that. And yeah, so the ads told me, "Go for it. You know, just do oh, your best and have oh. fun. Don't get hurt and come back to us." And you guys will get so much mileage out of that; it'll pay off. And yeah. you get a good assistance coach over there to oh, fill in. Yeah, well, actually, I've got two or three of them. They're all could be head coaches anywhere, probably. Yeah. So I want to talk about one more thing before we wrap up and and kind of give the contact information again. Um, you kind of had a tragedy in your life, um, kind of similar to me. I, Norm Hoffman is who introduced Chet and I, and he was my best friend, and he was killed in a tragic uh, bike car accident uh, quite a few years ago. And uh, I got a call from Chet, and and you're like best buddy and coach, right? Yeah. Uh, he just dropped dead. You want to tell us that story and what it's how it's inspired you to to push forward and get his message of fitness out there? Yeah. Um, it just seems like in the last five or ten years, I mean, I never was around people that I knew really close that had passed away. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of relatives here and there, but it, it's weird when all of a sudden you have a friend that's your age or younger and they right. pass away. It's like yeah. I was having a hard time dealing with it. anyway. So I had met this guy in Hawaii, um, him and his wife, and they're 
just like the nicest mm -hmm. people I've ever met in my life. And they were great coaches and everything. Mm -hmm. And they started working for Team Jet, and they were like the top coaches I've ever had ever. I mean, everybody yeah. loved them. Yeah. They uh, moved away to Spokane, Washington, started his own group up there, a huge group, like two, 300 people up there. Oh, wow. Um, uh, Team Blaze, mm -hmm. uh, Spokane it's called. And they've got just a great, uh, um, a little different system than we do in Hawaii, but because of the weather and stuff. But um, anyway, just the guy is loved by everybody. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him. Mm -hmm. And he was the only one that really, well, you and Norm and a few other close people, but yeah. he, he was the only one I could call up and tell him, hey, I'm going to do a 10-time Ironman or something. And he wouldn't go, are you nuts? Or yeah, he'd yeah. just say, okay, let's start getting on you. Yeah, anyway, the day before he passed away, I had called him. I said, dude, Scott, I go, people are going to think I'm nuts. My wife's going to probably kill me, but <laughs> i just been invited to do the one times 30 in Italy. Yeah. He goes, oh, my God. He, okay, dude, tomorrow we'll start working on it. Yeah. He goes, I'll come up with some type of plan for you. Yeah. And it's not that I need a coach necessarily, but yeah. um, he said you need somebody to be responsible to mm -hmm. or accountable. Sure, sure. Yeah, because he goes, I know you know all your stuff, but yeah, yeah. if you're accountable to me, right, right. you'll change a little bit. So psychology. Yeah. 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 So he was the only one that I felt, you know, at the time, um, you know, besides you and, you know, like Norm before he mm -hmm. passed away, mm -hmm. that really kind of could relate to me and understood yeah. you know, where I'm coming from instead of thinking I was crazy or something. Yeah. And, um, so that was it. The next day, he did his metric century ride. I did my metric century ride in Honolulu. Mm -hmm. He got down, of course, three hours ahead of me because they're three hours ahead. And when I got home, they did a timeline. His wife dropped him off at home. She went to the store for 30 minutes. She said he Facebooked for 15 minutes. And then for the next 15 minutes, he stopped. And she said when he came home, he was passed out in the chair and he died. Wow. And he had just had a heart surgery two years before that, uh -huh. a micro valve replacement. Mm -hmm. And the doctor says, you need to rest for two weeks. What did he do? He knew I was doing my 20 time Ironman in Hawaii. I did an another one in 2010 just to see if I could do it still. Mm -hmm. And he flew over there, sat in a lounge chair and watched me run around circles mm -hmm. and for two weeks until I got done. Mm. And it's just a great guy. And yeah. so he passed away anyway. And um, so I kind of was really bummed because, you know, to lose somebody that close. Mm -hmm. And then, so what I did is I really, I thought about the 30 time Ironman and I said, oh, I should just skip it. You know, it's not worth it because people, you know, dying around me. And, and then I just said, you know what? Scott would want me to keep going. I, I made a promise to him I was going to do it. So I'm dedicating the whole race to Scott and his uh, memory. Yeah. And there's times where I get up and I say, I don't want to run. I'm tired. My legs hurt. And then I just look at his picture. I say, hey, Scott would tell you, get your butt out there and go, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of, it's still inspiring me to the day. And he's been uh, gone since a year ago, April. Yeah, I read a little bit about him. He seemed like a just like Norm, just a yeah, really just solid a great guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna do that for him, and um, and uh, yeah. So that's my mission. <laughs> All right. Well, um, again, uh, Chet the Jet Blanton from Hawaii, and he's he's a ultra uh, distance triathlete, one of the best in the world. He's a good friend of Liam Bray's, and we go way back, uh, personally in our history, back to the mid '90s. His website is teamjethawaii.com. They'll have a uh, live or pretty pretty um, uh, updates. recent updates on his website on the Triple Deca, and we'll get you an Instagram account set up. Do you have yeah. a Twitter? Do you have a Twitter feed? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, well, we gotta we gotta get you up <laughs> to speed on all the social marketing stuff like they use in Badwater because when you get a lot of people globally watching what you're doing, it's like instant instant updates all the time, you know. So anyway. Um, you have anything else to say? Any other contact information? No, I'm just uh, glad to be here in California. I got to visit my son yeah. in Bakersfield. Uh, uh -huh. Come down, and first time I've really got to hang out with you at your house here. And, yeah. And uh, I'm jazzed, yeah. I'm going home tomorrow. 
got to work for a month and then off to Italy for six weeks. It's a rough life, but, you know. Yeah. Well, we will um, be giving some updates on our website and keeping our uh, Brave fans uh, posted on how you're doing. And we'll do a little show with you when you get back, and we'll we'll figure out what happened. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Mahalo. Yeah. You've been listening to the Lean Braves radio show at theleanbraves.com. Music today provided by Hot Rod Walt and the Psycho DeVilles from Atlanta, Georgia. Until next time, keep moving. No excuses. I know you got a big old rocket in here. You got a big-